MYP fam, welcome to today's episode. And today's episode is with the hosts of the NFT for Newbies podcast, Rich Cardona and Heather Parody. And they are two people who have, since this interview happened, have become two of my favorite people. I've been listening to their podcast nonstop. They have an amazing podcast. And we talk a little bit about NFTs here, but we really talk about what it takes to have a podcast with a co-host. We talk about finding a good co-host and also what you should not do if you are looking for a co-host. Thanks so much for joining us and being part of the fam. It's time to get into the interview with Rich and Heather from the NFT for Newbies podcast. Rich and Heather, thank you so much for joining us on the MYP show today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. The title of your your guys' show is NFTs for Newbies. And what's interesting to learn before we were chatting is that you guys are not actually NFT experts. You guys are more podcasters that like got into a, an industry that is it, what you know, when I looked at it, I said NFT for newbies, I thought that's great. I mean, that space is so technical and it's so nerdy sometimes. And like you could go down some really rabbit holes. And for most people right now, I think they need kind of a newbie approach. So like catch us up on, on how you got here. Heather, where do we meet? Our favorite platform. <laughs> uh LinkedIn, LinkedIn. And it's funny because I actually went and re-listened to the very first episode that I met Rich, which was two years ago on LinkedIn. And we made I made this statement. I'm like, I'm going to be friends with you for a while because we just totally vibed. And we were. And that's the cool thing about social media is you can meet the coolest people that you never would have met prior. But do you always necessarily collab with them? No. But I think for me, I had just kind of a gut instinct when I first met Rich in person. And I was like, we got to do something together because there's some really cool energy here. Heather, I'm curious how long, you know, that collaboration took. Cause I think a lot of people think collaborations happen. Like you send a connection to someone and then like the next day mm-hmm. you guys are in a mastermind. Yeah. Like how long did that process take? I mean, I've had a lot of collaborations that haven't worked and uh, I thought were going to be awesome and, and, and didn't turn out to be. So as far as we, we know, we knew each other for a couple of years and we came up with this idea to honestly keep ourselves accountable. And I'll let Rich dig into that a little bit more, but it, it took a couple of years for, I mean, for us to meet in person. It wasn't like we were talking every day or anything yeah. like that. No, 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 no. But I mean, I think the collaboration happened pretty fast after we met, but I've I've collaborated with a lot of people before and haven't had anything like this happen. Um, Like I said, we were kind of on and off, not on and off. It's not like a relationship, but we're just like, cool. We're both creatives. I I watch her stuff. If you were on Facebook, it'd be like, it's complicated, right? Something like that. So the day that we decided we were going to do something, to the day we published something was seven days, which was kind of nuts for me. Was it August seven 9th, days? And then that August 16th, we put out the trailer. And I'm just like, Man, we did. I mean, I didn't realize that's how awesome. lightning fast we were going to move. And I guess that's just because I don't do a lot of collabs because I am always, this is just, I just have to be honest. I'm like, oh, no one's going to want to move as fast as I do. And then I'm like, okay. So then we just kind of went in. And, and then that's when it just like started happening. So yeah, after that, we just committed to, I think it was 25 episodes or 24 episodes. We're like, 24. that's it. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens. And obviously we blew past that. A couple of things that I think are really good to impact there. The first is that podcasts don't 
you don't have this big runway in order to like actually get something out there. When you guys turn around in a week, now granted you had some experience, you've probably done it before. So you guys knew what you needed to get set up, the buttons needed to push, all that sort of stuff. But I think also people make it a little bit bigger than it needs to be in terms of like, I just talked to a friend right now and he's he's in the in the consumer packaged goods space and he's a brilliant guy. We went to high school together and the guy's like, I he's one of the few people that we go to school with and I'm like, damn, he's, he's crushing it. But I say that because he, he's like really backed off. He's re- starting a blog. And I'm like, bro, you need to start up. Like, you should do a podcast. Like, you, you're a talker. And he's like, well, I don't know. There's, I don't like. There's all this kind of like unsureness because I don't think he seems- should start one. Then, period. Well, that, maybe that's a good point. Why t- expand on that? Why do you say? Because that? if you have to convince somebody that they need to do something, they don't have what it takes to see it through because it's hard and it takes a lot. I mean, Rich and I spend so much time together and I love spending time with Rich. Like like we're really good friends, but we, we work our asses off and we have businesses and families and other things. Like if you have to tell somebody you should do this and they're like, do them a favor and say, you're right, you shouldn't, because you have to have the resolve within you without being motivated by somebody else. You know, yeah, you're, it's a good point that it, it is a lot of work. And I guess my point in seeing that is he's someone who is totally new to the to this world, right? And so my thing, if I, maybe just because I'm a podcast producer and not a blogger, that if you're going to do something and you're going to start something in 2022, I feel like my thing is that be weighing between a blog and a podcast, you'd have more upside with a podcast than a blog. And and, and I guess to your point, Heather, it is hard. It's it's really hard. Well, and- blogging is hard. It's not just about being hard. It's about you can't fake what you're into. And I think that's why Rich and I have really nailed a niche. But there's a lot of NFT podcasts and we have a lot of fun and people talk about learning from NFTs, but they, I would say number one thing they say is y'all's energy and your vibe is what we're here for. And they enjoy that. And we've had many conversations where it's like, how do we preserve our energy and our excitement and our fun around this show? Because of course it's, it's like a relationship. It's not always the honeymoon stage. I mean, it gets hard and exhausting and you fight sometimes and all of that with your project, you know? Um, but if, if you're ever doing something because I should be doing it because this is the hot thing right now and there's not any kind of enjoyment or excitement there, you shouldn't be on it. I think, I mean, Rich and I, between us, we've interviewed hundreds of entrepreneurs and leaders and every single one of them is incredibly different and has used a yeah, different model towards success. I don't believe in there's like, you should be doing this. I think you need to lean into your strengths, kind of like what Gary Vee teaches and go ham on that, even if it doesn't make sense to other people. So if he's a writer, he needs to be writing. If he's a talker, he needs to be talking. That's just me. Well, I'll uh, shut up here, Heather. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that that's a fantastic point, and I and I think that it's not something I was considering because, as you say, that he is a really good writer, and I can see that that's something that if he were to put his ten thousand hours in, or if he were to dedicate that time, that the upside for him might actually be in writing. And so, you bring up a really good point. the The second thing that I am just it's, I've been playing around in my head with it is the idea of co-hosting and the power of having a co-host. But then you guys are also talking about the importance of picking the right one and all the things that come along with, you know, Rich, I'm, you seem like you're kind of like me. Like I, I have this show by myself because I, I need to do it at my speed. And it's like, yeah, that is not a speed that a lot of people can keep up with. But at the same time, 
I think that there's so much value in having someone on the other end, like you said, for that that personality, <laughs> the fun, the promotion, I'm sure. So can you guys talk about that whole experience? Yeah, that I point? mean, I know those listening couldn't see it, but we were Heather and I were both smiling a lot. And I, 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 I could tell you this. I never wanted a co-host. I never wanted a business partner. I didn't want any of that, like none of it. Like I love doing my own thing. I love like personal branding. I love building something of my own. And it wasn't, and I mean, it it wasn't until we met uh, like in person and we did, uh, we, they, they, her and a friend, Greg Clunas were on my show and we were in this little booth and everything was going so well. We were vibing. We went to dinner, a bunch of us hung out and I was just like, dude, this is, this is strong. Right. And then in the creative community, I, I guess it's not like I have a ton of friends in the creative community. I know a lot of creatives and I comment on their stuff and I indulge in their stuff, but nothing crazy. But once this started, I was like, okay. And then I didn't realize it, but I was lacking. I, w- I was lacking in, in, a, in a major way in terms of the vision. She's way more fun than you. Well, Rich. no, just the vision of she's, what it could just, be. And yeah, yeah. She like called me out in, in a couple ways. And I was just like, game effing on. I'm like, bet like you want to see what work looks like i'll show you if you don't think like i'm pulling my weight or i don't have the vision it was actually exactly what i needed because the show really just kind of took a sharp right turn after that i mean there was like kind of rumblings and all of a sudden it just got kind of nuts it was good that we had a good open conversation about it but now i'm just like damn man like i've I've said it to her a bunch of times like i've met my match and by that i mean like the energy is sustainable the the content is sustainable the work is sustainable and i'm like this is actually so legit that I feel that a partnership is warranted here when I never would have considered it because I feel like both of us could do more damage than individually. And that's like super fresh. Like I haven't even said that on a podcast yet. Like that's, that's as real as it is for me. And I just wouldn't even consider changing it period. So for me, Hector, like, and I'm going to get, I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm going to get a little woo on you and a little spiritual on you. But I believe. Woo. I got my crystals over here. My sage is in the kitchen. Don't worry. Let, let's I, I can't even apologize for it anymore because I'm becoming such a believer in like there are things that outside of our control that move. And we've got to tune into it. We've got to pay attention because I work my ass off to a, to a point where it's almost a weakness because I'm so stubborn that I will like bang on a wall until it comes down, but it won't ever come down, but I'm like still hitting it. And I kind of have the opposite um, problem of a lot of people were like, you know, people struggle with consistency and like motivation and all that. I'm on the op- other end, which is just as bad where I will just hammer something down forever and and not give up. And I've really had to learn and I'm still learning how to kind of allow space for um, something else to move in and kind of listen to those intuitive nudges. And, you know, we can try to conceptualize and put a format on meeting the right co-host or having a podcast in 2022 or a blog in 1990 or whatever and try to get this roadmap in this form. But really, this, there's like a sense of control over that. And for type A driven people, that is a strength of ours. But we've also got to see that that's a weakness because sometimes we don't allow space for things like this to happen. And meeting you, Rich, I mean, like that was like this this thing where I'm like, I couldn't have planned this or roadmap this or anything, but am I going to let go of my own control and say, you know what, I'm going to create space for something else to happen. And what's happened with us is, you know, 
this show's completely blown up. And we have tried, but also too, it's cool experiencing something that you don't have to strain for right. and you actually enjoy. And this is the first time I can honestly say in five years of doing things on my own that I've experienced that. So yeah. You said you can't roadmap it, right? And my analytical brain is like, yeah, I get but it. how do we get do it. it? But how do, what are, what are the, so how, what is the takeaway? Is it, is it being open? Is it, is it listening, you know, differently? Like if someone is saying, Heather, how do, how do we do that? Like get woo woo on us if, if you need, but like, what are some practices? What are some habits? What, you know, like, what are some things that we can consciously do to be open to something like that? Damn. I think really trusting your gut, even if it doesn't logically make sense. So I've done a lot of things over the past couple of months to make room for this show, even though it doesn't logically make sense, including offboarding clients, quitting other shows, cleaning up my own personal agenda that I've had mapped out forever. And again, that control thing is loosening my grip a little bit more because I sense that something's happening here. And even though it might not logically make sense on paper all the time or whatever, but a part of my five-year plan... I have to trust that little nudge. So there's that. Also to, you know, stepping aside and getting rid of my ego, that rich has a lot to bring to the table that I need to learn from. And that's hard as like, a, again, tri type A driven entrepreneurial type of like, yo, I'm actually better in this partnership than I am solo. And so sometimes I have like these ideas and I'm like, well, Rich is wrong, but then I actually stop and listen. I'm like, no, actually, I think he's right. And I can learn from that. And it's a lot of ego, dude. So I spend time every day, um, meditation, all the quiet time. We both are big into working out and I think working out is very spiritual for me. Like I, I work out a lot of my own anxiety and stuff doing that. So making space for things like that. But Rich, you have any yeah, I mean, on that? Maybe to clarify the question, it's like, how do you find a good co-host? <laughs> I mean, I think it's like, it's a you, good you it's don't a question look. that- that's you what I would say. <laughs> like, you don't look like half the stuff, half of the great things that have happened to me in the last year, six months or two years involved a ton of losses as well. But it just kind of involved not being risk averse, right? Like it was just kind of like F it, like try it. Like no one is keeping score on me. Like in my mind, in my in our minds, we think this, right? Like, oh, I don't have enough reviews or that post didn't do so hot or man, why are my podcast numbers picking up? Like no one's keeping score. Like it's ridiculous, man. Like it took me forever to figure out like I'm the only one truly paying attention to this stuff. And when you stop paying attention to that stuff and then this weird opportunity shows up where you're just like, I got an NFT too. You got an NFT. We know each other. We're both podcasters. Like why not? Like it was so unbelievably naive in a way that that's exactly why it worked, right? Like you didn't, we did not consider all the underpinnings of what a, a failed podcast would look like or feel like. We just, it didn't matter. So I, I think when it comes to like looking for a co-host, I would say you don't necessarily need to be looking for them. You just need to do really good work on your own and it might happen if you were, however, Big, however, if you were looking for a co-host, like that person, 
that person absolutely and I, I this sounds so cliche they have to be complimentary like we're similar but we also complement each other like she can ma- maintain good energy you know and like i can't like sometimes i try and and get a little bit more statistical or analytical and i know like she doesn't vibe with that super super well right not just by not by choice just that's just how it is but if you were looking if you were looking most people who want a co-host do it because they can't hang on their own. Like you don't have a co-host, but it's clear that you don't need one, right? Like, you know, you don't need a guest or other people to have energy. Right. But I didn't realize like it was just going to be a different version of the energy. It's just intertwined with someone else. And I was like, this is dope. I'm like, all right, why would I do anything else? So that's what I would say. If, if, if you want a co-host because you can't hack it on your own, that's probably not the reason to get a co-host word right can, can yeah. i add one more thing hector real quick a few years ago i sat on an airplane next to this dude and i started talking because that's what i do i'm one of those people and found out he was the co-founder of goldcast which if you're unfamiliar with goldcast it's a uh, media production company that just looks 17 million followers on Facebook. And I was like, Oh, you sat next to the wrong girl. <laughs> like, cause I just totally talked to him for two straight hours. Didn't let him sleep. But I'm like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Right. So I just like asked him all the questions of, I remember feeling so discouraged at that point in my life because I was like, I'm busting my ass. I'm doing all the things that everybody says to do. I've downloaded all the PDFs and all the email opt-ins, got all the courses. Nothing is freaking working. Is there something wrong with me? Right. And so he told me his story, which I'm not going to go into right now, but the end conclusion is that he had this rigid plan and this idea and he worked so, so hard on it and something started popping over here, something else. And he kind of got mad about it because he's like, I've spent so much time, money and effort into plan A and over here, plan B is popping and he was pissed. But he said, that is a nudge from God's source universe or whatever. You have to pay attention to what is working because it is a hint and a sign and you've got to lean into it, even if it goes against it. So everything that we're talking about right now, I think I would go back to what is working and are we okay with leaning into that at all times? Rich, you made like a, I don't know, you like almost jumped out of your chair when she said something about, you know, doing something that's popping or. Well, it's because we we recorded earlier today and a lot of people, do you know that YouTube wasn't originally a video streaming platform? Do you know what it was? Oh, no. It it was supposed to be a dating website, YouTube. (laughs) And it failed miserably. And then like what they were trying to do didn't work. So they said, we're just going to let people post whatever they want. And then everything happened. Like these three guys from PayPal were trying to start something so special and it was just a stupid idea and it didn't work. So they're just like, well, why don't we just try something? All of a sudden started catching. Like, what do you do when it catches even a little bit? Do you go like, yeah, but this isn't what we wanted to do. Like they've birthed zillions of creators at this point. Right? Like, I mean, it's crazy. So I I just think, yeah, what she was kind of mentioning about the rigidity like pivoting is just something you have to be able to do fearlessly, you know, co-host the business, a relationship, finances, whatever it is. Like if you are starting to see the flat line start to come up a little bit elsewhere, then just freaking go do it. Just go yeah. ask questions later, lean into it. Yeah. I want to thank you both for 
you know, just bringing a different perspective to this. So much of the conversations that we have are very analytical and strategic and do this and do that when, you know, Heather, you're just, you're creating space for creating space. And I want to honor and thank you for that. The podcast is NFTs for newbies. I just, I love the the name. It's such a great name because (laughs) keyword SEO, the whole thing. Someone obviously spent some time thinking about that. When a Zoom called, I think I said, so what should we call this? I think it was Rich who said NFTs for newbies. And I was like, that's perfect. (laughs) That's it. I love it. It's everything against what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it's a perfect name. And I'm sure the universe inspired that a little bit. Is there anywhere else, Twitter, LinkedIn, is there anywhere else that people should go? Our YouTube channel, we're doing like different content there. It's, I don't want to say exclusive content. It's, it's less education and it's more like features. Like, look at what this business did. Look at what this boy did. Here's what Instagram's talking about. You know, you know, there's mm-hmm. endless stories. Okay. Very we're cool. not doing a story on Very how cool. this project got a hundred thousand people in its discord in 24 hours. Like that's boring. Okay, like we're talking about like, look at these things that are happening. So people that way, it hopefully opens people's minds up like the Spider-Man NFT when No Way Home came out, like stuff like that. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade NFTs. Who's doing what and why? And also that's where we're doing our NFTs, which I'll let Heather tell you about as well, (laughs) because it's not. Yeah. So here's the thing with. To your point earlier, why are people spending so much money on JPEGs? Let's challenge that a little bit to think like, is it is it just JPEGs? Like right in conventional model, like we think, oh, ooh, NFTs are so unconventional. Well, guess what, Paul? There is a there is a conventional path in NFTs right now, which is like we're going to create these JPEGs. We're going to have an artist. We're going to have people met on this website, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to build community in Discord, go to Twitter, et cetera. That's kind of like the staple answer right now for NFTs, and it's working and it's awesome. I personally don't see. Aunt Margaret doing that or getting involved in it. And so the way that the NFT community is going to be able to go mainstream is if we expand what our understanding of an NFT is. And it's not just artwork, even though it's awesome. It could be a lot of things. It can be photos. It can be videos. It can be GIFs, GIFs, whatever the hell you (laughs) want to call it. And the utility can vary um, from place to place. So we kind of wanted to start exploring that side of NFTs because first and foremost, Rich and I are entrepreneurs and we're marketers and that's what we think about. Um, so with that being said, we're, we're coming up with some fun ways to create NFTs that are a little bit outside of the box and I use our skill set, our developing skill set of storytelling and creativity to just have some fun in the NFT space. So we're doing the world's first NFT, world's first toothbrushing NFT, world's first driver's license NFT, world's first chasing a chicken NFT, crazy stuff that we're putting on the blockchain because we can't. Yeah. That's that's awesome. It's so is random. It, is, <laughs> should they stay tuned? Or I'm looking at the the YouTube channel right now, and I just it's awesome. It's just an Appreciate awesome. It. I love the thumbnails there. So that's NFTs for newbies. Mm-hmm. Is the YouTube channel yeah. right? And yep. then is there anywhere right now with regards to the project that they can get updated? Or is there Discord? We just hit a thousand today, so it's growing. It's great. I will say I'm not in there so much, but Heather, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, there's no drama. There's no shilling. There's no shilling is just kind of like a lot of self-promoting. There's, there's, it's a good community of people who really want to help each other. And, and I mean, I have to just give all the credit to Heather. She is a community builder, which is probably the most fundamental piece of having a successful project. Yeah. He's modest. Absolutely. He's great at it. But too, with that being said, I, I, 
with any community that you're a part of, if you feel dumb asking a question and people give you crap about it, find a different community because the truth is there are more people who don't know what's going on and are incredibly intimidated than people who are killing it and feel super confident. So if you feel like a newbie, welcome to the club because that's 85% of the people. This has been so fun, guys, just selfishly. And NFTs for newbies. They obviously have some some branding experience here. Everything's consistent, so you can find that on Twitter. And then the link to their Discord is in their Twitter link, too. I just joined that. Awesome. I'm thank excited you. To, to get in there. Guys, thank you so much. Those of you who are listening and have made it this far with us, thank you much so much for hanging out and being part of the MYP fam. We'll see you guys on the next one.